and welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. It's the podcast about rugby. Uh, I'm your host, Adam, and today I'm just joined by Ben, keeping it simple. How are you, Ben? Just the two of us. Oh, I'm well, thank you. My my son has come to me with the pepper grinder to show me, I think. He, I think he's trying to take the lid off it and pour pepper everywhere. I think that's his ultimate goal. So, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, keeping it simple. That's uh, the theme of the weekend, I guess. Uh, little James is just kind of like, I'm going to do this because I want to. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. J- James, uh, uh, James is a, he's an impulsive fellow. He, he sees something, he does that thing. Mm. He doesn't really, I guess he's a baby. He doesn't need to think ahead. But yeah. He doesn't think ahead. Anyway. Yeah, he's living the good life. Um, Living a good life, uh, Matt. I think he literally, as we speak, he's at wrestling right now. He told us he's watching some wrestling. We don't know where. I assume somewhere we're around where he lives. I know he's told us a few times, but I don't really remember. So, unfortunately, he's not here. Neither is Alex. Uh, Alex is on um, in-laws slash baby duties. I feel like no, I'm... no, it's not. So, I think I think the in-laws have now done their time, and now it's Alex's Oh, parents. it's his parents. Oh, okay. Well, parents yeah, are so... time, then. Yeah, with the... Yeah, they really, they really, oh, I guess you got to, you know, you got to display the baby to the world, huh? Uh, you do, um, you do, so... Uh... Did, did, did we, did we announce, or can we announce Alex's baby name? I, uh, oh, yeah, we didn't actually I don't, do it I don't know if we... I, I, yeah, well, I don't know if we can. Well, let, let's let Alex do it. I don't, I don't think it's our place. But yeah. Alex's baby is, is named, and for those of you who are hoping for... Uh, Sia Talisi, um, you're probably going to be disappointed. Yeah, same as Peter Steph Tatar, that, that's not happening. Either, unfortunately. I was chatting to him yesterday. I've started calling calling it uh, the, the nickname you suggested, Ben, in the group. So. What? You, <laughs> slides, slides oh, point. shit, I gave the name. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, can, you, can you edit that out, Adam? Use your skill. <laughs> okay, I'll think, I'll, I'll think about it on that editing. <laughs> You're definitely not going to edit it out. No, I will, I will, I will. Let me just uh, check the time code here. Let's see. Okay. Eight, eight, da, da, da. All right, cool. Now I've a note. I'll make a plan. Oh, God. I'm, I'm the worst. And, uh, yeah, I can't believe you fell for that. I was trying to be subtle, but um, okay, I'll, I'll edit oh, this out. God, I'll, I'll edit it out. So. Um, this is the problem. This is the problem at work now. Like, it's like everything's like, you know, like it's all like lawyers speak. So you're always having to like preload conditions to like every sentence you say like you know like if considering like if i understand correctly blah 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 so you know when i'm at home i just feel like a release and just say whatever shit i want but apparently yeah. i can't well i'm gonna have to edit that out too now i mean i'm being serious I'll, I'll edit all, a whole speech up as an lacks context so but we're going right no no don't, don't honestly just edit out where i say the name and nothing else oh, i'll just have a line like yeah, just, okay. just bleep it out. Okay. Yeah, okay. Oh, I know where it is. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, right, so, but look, I know that Alex, Alex and uh, Matt, they're not here, but they did send us some voice notes, some previews. We're doing our team previews. We're finishing up this yeah, week. Yeah, I, I, have, I have listened to those voice notes, so we can listen to the voice notes and then comment on them. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I haven't listened to them yet, even though I actually sent them okay, to you. Because yeah. I'm that useless. Uh, you sent them to me on WhatsApp and on email. Well, I, I emailed them to you, but uh, yeah, I, I told myself I'd listen to it, but I just haven't. So I thought, no, I'll do it this morning. But then I had Weepix and coffee. 
So I got Wheat Bix, that's a that's a sad Sunday breakfast, Adam. Yeah, I know, but I I had quite a I had like a fry for lunch yesterday. So I felt like oh, I, I was gonna t- take it easy. But Ben, he'll be doing the Chiefs and Tars. Uh, I'll be doing the Reds. Matt's done the Sun Wolves. I like how Matt is his is a minute and a half. <laughs> Short to the point. <laughs> well, Alex is end up being like ten minutes. So uh, yeah, Alex, Alex is nothing but thorough, which is true. And just a heads up, um, there might be some shifts here at Elite Robbie Banter in terms of what the podcast uh, goes ahead doing. That's described really bad. Just in terms of my format, uh, just due to life changes, and also kind of what we do best, which what we do best is giving world rugby great ideas. I think that's what we do best. Um, out, out so uh, just keep that ahead if anything does change uh, especially as we're old and we breed uh, slowly turning to elite rugby dad banter we will keep you abreast <laughs> of all these changes so uh, that's but Matt thankfully he's living the life for all of us uh, that's for sure yeah Matt's, Matt's living the life of four men yeah he is thankfully he, he's back in town apparently in February uh, back in SA so he, he'll go back to the more sedate life of just being a lawyer taking it like suit style maybe that'll be Matt's future law career as like a suits lawyer just power moves all the time I can't imagine Matt as a suit style lawyer uh, he'd be more like the fixer guy you bring him in or something working in the he's shadows a, he's a bit not not to flatter Matt, but he's a bit sort of kind to be a suits. I don't know if he's cutthroat <laughs> enough. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Well, we'll find out a draft. That's first pick. We'll see who he chooses. So uh, that, that's that's the magic talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we got our draft order. I yeah. wanted to go eighth the game, but then I was like, no, you know what? Like, let's, let's be a real person. Yeah, Alex is, I don't know, him and Phil have got this weird dynamic. You know, like a death pact. It revolves around the two of them. It does make me laugh. What position? Yeah, I, I, kind, I kind of feel the whole, like, draft is just kind of Alex versus Phil, and the rest of us are there just to, like, support either sort of claim. It's true. It's great. It's, it's good it's, narrative. It's almost like, it's like, it's like we like pacemakers for their race. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. It's like, oh, elsewhere, elsewhere. Meanwhile, you know, it's like, uh, we fill out the last paragraph of a story. Also in the league, X, Y, Z happened. The end. So yep. uh, yeah. Um, right. So let's just, let's first of all get get, in, get into the news. I think the major piece of news we've been discussing a lot in the group is Saracens. Uh, they're going to be relegated from the English Premiership for breaching the salary cap. Well, we knew this, but uh, it's turned out that after they're punished once, losing 35 points and being fined, uh, I think like five million pounds or something along those lines. Uh, they're not going to be able to fall within the salary cap this year, in part due to severance payments, which are included as part of a salary, and also still paying over the top. And I think I think the quote to sum it up best, uh, let's see, I'm going to try to find it here. It's Tom Rowe, who's the chief executive of Exeter, who lost Arthur Saracens the last two premiership finals. He just pretty much said, they've taken relegation. Let's be very honest about this before people have sympathy with Saracens. They had two choices. They could either open up their books, so the Premiership Rabbit could do a forensic audit of exactly what has gone on, or they could take relegation. So it's their choice not to open up the books. I think that sums it up in a nutshell. Like, but, yeah, but but I, I, to be honest, I think if they had opened up their books, they would have been uh, relegated anyway. Yeah, they would have. But then I, I'm <laughs> Because I think opening the books would have revealed they were over the salary. So it's like rather, you know, keep your, keep your secrets sort of. Yeah, because, I guess so. surely... Yeah. Well, I, I must. But no, no. But I, I, I think this 
this part of it specifically ties into a bit of a bigger issue, and that's I really think if if you institute a salary cap, it has to go hand in hand with some sort of um, disclosure where you disclose the payer the players' packages. Yes, no, it has to it because has to. you 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 know you can't just institute a salary cap and then kind of say okay, but we just this is a salary cap and we kind of trust you to be within that salary cap. Like you have to. It has to come with, uh, you know, some sort of thing where you have to kind of fill out a form saying this player earns this, this player earns that. Like, and like, ideally, I think that should be publicly available. But if it's not publicly available, it should definitely be available to the the governing body of the league, which in this case it didn't seem to be available to. So, no, yeah. I, I, and I think I, I assume then the teams end up providing their books like uh, certain statements and whatnot. But uh, what, what I find very interesting is just how bad must it really be to not open up your books and just take relegation straight away? Like why, what other skullduggery actually, the truth is yeah, very strange no, no, in fiction. That's yeah, but I guess this, this is one of these things where that, that Nigel Ray guy seems, uh, James agrees strongly with Yeah. Yeah. James is currently now taking all my PlayStation games from the little cabinet they in and giving them to me one by one. Thus, uh, I think he's just—it's—it's—he's it's, emphasizing the crafting force of capitalism, maybe you know, just yeah. like hand, handing you products. Oh, well, I joke. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> clearly, ca- capitalism uh, is not really working for Premiership rugby. I know there's a lot of talk in the streets, literally just that—that that all the clubs do it, everyone's doing it. Uh, but I'm afraid Saracen is only cheating if you get caught, I guess. And uh, no, but I, I don't think all the. But I, I think if clubs were sharp now. Like clubs that are sort of, they would try. Get, they should try get out ahead of it and sort of announce mm. where they are based on their salary cap or whatever. Yeah, no, I, no, that's that's true. It's always better to to go first, break the news, and control the narrative. In a sense, how how, yeah. how news breaks. That's a key yeah. part of PR. Well, ideally, you you would want to be saying, okay, we we have nothing to hide. Our salaries are at six point five million or whatever. Mm. Exactly. Um... Yeah, but but just just to fallouts that one we discussed on the group one we really didn't yes one is the england squad because presumably some of these players aren't going to be able to find equivalent contracts within england no they're going to have they're going to have to go to france or japan to kind of earn their um earn earn an equivalent salary yeah you agree uh yes and just to add on to that like there barely any English clubs, from what we've read, that can actually sign a lot of these star players without push them over the salary cap, as well. Yeah, yeah, because so, yes. you know if you if you presumably the way you operate, you kind of operate on the salary. Yeah, cap, or close logically. to it, hundred percent. Yeah. And now Itoje comes asking for, I presume his package is around a million pounds a year. I'm not, yeah, I'm not whatever, certain. Whatever it is, yeah. But you know, you like most clubs probably can't. The ones that are on their salary cap, well, basically the ones that can afford him, will be so close to the salary cap they won't be able to take him. And the ones that aren't on the salary cap probably don't have enough money to take him. Yeah, exactly. So it's got, yeah. So anyway, the the sort of the the implication is these guys are probably going to have to go to France or Japan. Mm-hmm. Some of them, if, if they want the equivalent salary. Yeah, and then it's RFU but, policy to the knock-on effect. Currently, 
to only choose players in the Premiership. And then, interestingly, to add to your point, because of this has just happened, they've suddenly said, oh, no, we can choose players in the Championship. But will you really? Is that preparation for Test Rugby as well? If some, if some well, yeah, well, yeah it, is, it is sort of the thing, because there, there is kind of like a, um, an, an implication that, oh, because the, the way, you know, you read articles and they say, well, when Saracens re-enters the Premiership in 20, whatever it would be. 22, uh, whenever it is, tw- yeah. 2021, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so there, there is sort of like, I don't really know the strength of the Championship, but... You don't see it in Premiership football, for example, where the teams that get relegated, they often drop two leagues even yeah. because of the fallout. Yeah, exactly. Even with parachute so, ob- 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 Obviously, this is, this is slightly different. But yeah, I don't know. It depends on the player exodus and how confidence is and what's happening in the backroom and stuff. But mm. they might not even be promoted next year. The, exactly. But you forget also, one of the teams in the Championship is Jersey. That's a down Russia, okay? The mighty yep. jersey. Oh, oh. Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> Rugby football no, club. But, <laughs> but, then, but then also there's the thing is like, will, will Owen Farrell be bothered with playing in the championship? Will uh, Mario Toje? Will Mako Vinopoli? I wouldn't think so. No. So maybe the, maybe the surprise is all. Like when Juventus got relegated in Italy for football after they had a whole scandal there, a lot of their major players stayed. But, as, but when we're talking about rugby, the gap between first and second division is huge in that respect, in the terms of the levels. Yeah, like, like second division rugby is almost amateur. Like Pretty pretty much. So I think then the second thing that you're probably going to touch on, uh, which is even more fascinating, so A, where will the players end up? Interesting to see. B, what will be the implications? Wait, I remember reading this in the group. Uh, actually, uh, just in terms of player salaries, you see, yeah. they're not going to fix. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so my 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 theory is that this is basically a supply and demand sort of thing, where mm. now the market is going to be, wouldn't say you know, um, air quotes, flooded with with high earning players. Presumably, the market doesn't have doesn't have capacity. There'll be too much supply, and there won't be demand for these players. This should theoretically drop the salaries, which should theoretically drop the salaries throughout the throughout the competition, throughout rugby basically, mm. which which will actually end up favouring South Africa and New Zealand basically, who basic who lose out because they can't they can't compete with these European salaries. For example, this Joseph Dweber thing, someone was saying that they reckon he's going to be literally earning ten times what he earns at the Cheetahs in France. Yeah, uh, and that—that's the which is economy like, of scale. Like, like, how do how do South African clubs how are they meant to compete with her? Uh, they can't, um, and that's in yeah. a sense that's also why they've. I know. I think with the Premiership clubs, they have um, two or three marquee players. I think that don't don't fall within the salary cap. Something along that line. Yeah, but they they, they can't be um, they can't be English. They sort of players that would uh, add prestige to the league or whatever. So uh, it'll be someone true. like. Sonny Bull Williams or Dan Carter or uh, uh, Beast okay. or someone like that. Yeah, well, I that think just. Um, I was trying um, to think. But but yeah, so, so there's but then the Alex on the other hand, he thinks that this will actually lead to an increase in salaries because now it'll become like a sort of a bidding war. Uh, I think if I understand Alex's argument correctly, yeah. that now there will be kind of like a bidding war between to try to pick up Itoje and Farrell and Vinopolo and 
So yeah, it'll be a bit of a it'll be interesting to see what the sort of what the fallout is from all this from this whole scandal. Yeah, but... and even the thing like with Tojo, he in a sense, he'll actually become an active market force when he leaves Saracens, because his salary was already discounted uh, quite heavily. Or yeah, was could... he was a, he was a part no, of no, the but, system. but that whole homegrown playing thing isn't uh, isn't a massive. I think you only get like a hundred thousand pounds off the salary. It's a lot, though, if you think about it, uh, like the only reason. Yeah, hundred thousand pounds well. probably probably gets you two sort of um, kind of squad players, eh? Yeah. Something like that. So even him, like he'll be entering the market as a distorted force. So we'll probably see some France. And I think before we move on, the biggest stuff up is this is heading into uh, a year, a season which will conclude for the uh, well, not conclude technically, but next year's Alliance tour to South Africa. Yeah, but but but, but there's also a thing: the Lions don't have a policy that you have to play in the Premiership. Eh? No, they don't. But you definitely want battle-hardened players. So yeah, but I mean, you could be seeing some you could in. be seeing some weird things where players playing like in France or whatever aren't playing for England, but are playing for the British and Irish Lions. Oh, okay, that's true. Though no, you could totally see that. But so then also, if yeah, you, so if you if you want to have any chance of making the Lions, you won't go to the Championship. Also, which is another little factor. So this timing is a, yeah, giant, there, it's a giant. There are factor. there are a whole lot of moving parts with this and. But I, I actually, I just read an article. Sorry, I actually uh, I closed the tab. But basically, apparently, Eddie Jones is having a meeting with those Saracens players who are in the England setup. Because oh, I it? think he's going to he's going to be trying to say to them, "Listen, guys, you you have to stay in the Premiership if you if you want to, or maybe I don't know come to some sort of some sort of agreement." But yeah, I think uh, the moral of the story is uh, don't cheat. Yes. That's more of a story. I think you found on a rugby pass um, the story. Yeah, he's going to yeah, hold talks uh, with Saracens. Are going to hold talks with Eddie Jones and Warren Gatland yeah. to talk about the implications of the championship relegation. So clearly, that's with an eye on. But I don't know how they could talk to Warren Gatland when he's all the way in New Zealand uh, watching DMAC return to the field, uh, which we'll we'll chat on now. With the Chiefs, but yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a whole bunch of moving parts to this, so it'll be very interesting to watch. But I do know there's a massive, uh, probably like a brewery-sized amount of Schadenfreude being felt in English rugby right now. Because a lot of people don't like Saracens. So as as uh, the Exeter chairman said, nobody yeah, well, should they, feel they, sorry they, for them. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I agree. Like, don't like as a as sort of a a third party observer I find this fucking hilarious actually no, because it it's a car crash <laughs> Saracens for a long time had like this whole you know they had a really superior sort of attitude and stuff and now it turns out basically all of this was because they were cheating yeah um, and that's and, kind of... and there's there's also like I know we've talked about this before but the sort of the added kind of um, the added sort of implication of well a lot of their they've earned a lot of money based on their success in the last three or four seasons. Mm. Success that they actually they cheated, so they don't really. Um, so should they be forced to pay back their winnings? Or should trophies be removed? Should, I think uh, they should. Te- teams that kind of came second to them, teams that were knocked out for them by them, be able to claim damages? Damages? I'm not so sure, but I think they should well, be stripped, stripped well, of their no, titles. But it, because cause you can say, I guess it's hard to prove that if Saracens were within the salary cap, would you have beaten them? But, you know, there's, 
Well, maybe there's, but, a, there's an argument to be made. There like is. It, it could I, end up in a whole like proper legal kerfuffle. Yeah, right? I mean, like I think as the exit guy said, everybody's keen to move on. Personally speaking, I don't know. I think that those horses bolted, but they should have been stripped of their titles because then they didn't play within the rules. They should have definitely been stripped of their titles, like they did with the oh. Tour de France. Uh, there was just no title winner that year. Which kind of stuffs over the other teams. I remember one Tour de France, they tried to track back to like the the first place sort of clean athlete. Yeah. And it turns out that guy had actually come like 28th or whatever, but yeah. he was the only one who had a, had a drug conviction. Oh, Jesus. It's, uh, God, it's a, it's, a hot, it's a financial doping. It's a real thing. Uh, talking a bit of finances, I know we mentioned a little bit about the Lions, just to come out of quick ones. I know England, they're currently here in South Africa for the cricket. And at the recent Newlands test, apparently, uh, it sounded like it was Old Trafford, uh, the cricket version anyway, where, or at Lords, where well, nobody actually sings and shouts at Lords. Uh, Old Trafford, where a lot of English supporters were there. So ahead of the British and Irish Lions turn 2021, uh, SRB President Mark Alexander, he's told local fans that uh, they will be a priority when it comes to match tickets. Uh, he should have included the asterisks if you can afford them. But uh, I think what they are yeah, doing... well, because <laughs> we were, we, we were kind of... Because the last British and Irish Lions tour, which was 20... 2009. God, what? 2009. Uh, wait, no, no, no. The tickets were... Yeah, no, tickets right, were, right, yeah. Yes? The Sorry. tickets were 1,200 rand each, eh? That was, was 2008. Yes, that's, that's expensive. <laughs> No, Back but, then, but anyway. if you kind of base that on South African inflation, they're going to be close to like three grand a pop. Yeah, no, I I, I can see that. Like, I think a good I, I think a good um, bellwether would be, I mean, for those out there, Roger Federer and Rafa Nadal, they're busy playing a tennis match in Cape Town. The top tickets, I know, there's oh, like sweet packages, sweet packages, and that sort of thing. The top tickets would have cost you something in the range of two thousand rand each, and that's just for a single. Uh, exhibition yeah, match, not the, even a proper thing. So uh, yeah, I think you're pretty much on the money. Three, three thousand to three thousand five hundred rand, which uh, I guess for our foreign viewers, rand to pound, uh, comes to just so I get this correct. It's about two two hundred two hundred pounds twenty odd pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah two hundred pounds roundabout. Um, but the, the system they are using, as Alexander says, it's you register online and then it's a ballot system, as used in. The FIFA World Cup. Yeah, like the Olympics. And yeah, stuff. And other major tournaments. And uh, it's, excuse me, it's been run by Ticketmaster, which is interesting. Um, the Ticketmaster, they don't exactly operate in South Africa. So it's been pretty much run by uh, the Lions Rugby Travel, and then I think a new company created by SR Rugby called SR Rugby Travel. So it'll be interesting. Tickets do go on sale here. I think the ballot that says will be launched in 2020, and then stuff too will happen in the, in the months that follow it. So I will, I've registered, I think all of us have, in a certain sense, and I do think it is the fairest system to happen, but first come, first serve, this, this Federer-Nadal thing, I managed to get tickets, I was very lucky, but uh, it was first come, first serve, the system crashed, it always happens, even with major concerts here in South Africa, uh, a lot of people who are really keen don't get it, one guy goes in and buys 12 tickets, so on and so forth, so generally speaking, I think the ballot system is probably the way to go, going forward for most major events, so I think they've made the right decision. And it will be an economic windfall that SA Rugby most certainly needs, that's for sure, uh, along with they eventually privatise the game as they should. So that'll be one to watch uh, as well. A couple of other pieces of news. Corbus Ranoch, he's leaving, he's leaving Northampton at the end of the season, and he's going to apparently go to Montpellier 
where he'll earn approximately 790,000 rand, which comes to... We, 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 we discussed this that... 41,000. Because of the French tax rates and the new SAX back tax, he's only going to actually take home about 25% of that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty brutal. Uh, yeah, so nice. Corbus, if you're listening and you want someone to help you out with tax immigration, uh, please give me a call. Yeah, and I, I love how he's he's World Cup winner Corbus Reynach. So uh, he'll also have that he can have that claim uh, all the time. Someone else, new newer pastures, Warren Whiteley. Um, he's not playing Super Rugby this year, uh, as we know. He's he's been suffering a long-term knee injury that kept him out of the World Cup last year as well. He's 32. Um, I have a suspicion of retirement is looming, which is a shame. Um, probably, his, I'd say his defining moment was he played eight um, in when we beat New Zealand. I think it was 36. What was the result in Wellington? Was it 38-36 or 36-34? Yeah, 36. Yeah, he, 36, he played eight. 34. But he's been named as the, and as number eight, the Lions line-out coach for 2020. Seems a bit of an odd fit, but uh, I know he's widely respected. Yeah. He's very eloquent. Like, like we we are talking about this, and like he's an eight. That's you obviously right. you you have you have sort of a, a line out caller in the game, and he's sort of the person you perceive to, you know, be in charge. But you don't really know who's behind the scenes actually developing the different line out moves and stuff. So maybe he was, maybe he was, he did have a knack for that. So yeah, I, I don't. Th- it does seem like a bit of a. Um, a bit of a, I don't want to, it's not nepotism, but kind of like a nepotism higher than. Yeah, do you know who the scrum coach is? Uh, Julian Redlinghase, which is also really nice. Because I know he had a neck injury oh. and he had to retire. I just noticed that I'm looking at Yo, this team my, now. That's interesting. My, my, my younger brother actually, he, he went on holiday and they met Julian Redlinghase and his wife and they oh, actually nice. became really close. They spent like five days together. Yeah, and then like he, my brother was really beaten up about that neck injury so you'll be happy to know Julian's <laughs> found a bit of a... And yeah. he was a hell of a scrummer. Eh? So, oh no, he was a damn, damn fine player. Uh, I did, and personally, but says clearly if he gets along with a low, uh, he must like a good time. Uh, hey, we, we, fr- we friendly budge the lows. Like, <laughs> yeah, we... We don't, we don't, uh, we don't hard to get on with. Yeah, just also look at this line. The rest is line. See, as young, I guess, like the rest of the squad, which is uh, yeah. But um, I don't, I don't think there are huge expectations on the Lions team. So, nah, but I, that's that's a situation most teams do quite well. Yeah. In. Well, look, we'll see, we'll see where, how they do today. Because super, it's uh, as Super Sport have been remorselessly pushing during the Cricket Superhero Sunday. It's taking place in Soweto. Um, actually, so I'm just trying to see if they got the game time. So I wouldn't mind actually watching a bit of that on TV. Um, so maybe I'll watch it, see how. No, I've, goes, I've got so. my, I've got my, well, my last year's um, Lions jersey on. To, yeah, was to that, show my support. I, I'm trying to have a very relaxed afternoon, so I might actually just watch a bit of rugby uh, this afternoon. So I'll see what time that that kicks off. It's also, just see Cornell Hendricks at 13. Maybe he'll have another good season. So that, that'll be interesting. It seems to be the vogue to move wings to center. Um, yeah, this does seem to be the... I wonder what happened if there was like a study released or something that everyone's <laughs> moving sort of one in. Yeah, a bit of a study <laughs> group or something like that. Um, okay, let's yeah. go wrap it up just for the news. So we'll now move on to our previews. So to kick things off, I think we'll just we'll have Matt's recording. Um, as he, he kept it very short and sweet. I know from our end, just based on the real ramshackle um, garage sale 
style that the Sunwolves have put their squad together, especially with headline names such as JJ Ehrbrecht and Rudy Page and Garth, Garth April from, yeah, from South Africa. I know Ben Teo, he, he's one to watch as well. And I'm also um, O'Connor, his first name actually escapes me. He's apparently he's pretty highly rated, but uh, we do think they're going to struggle. They're going to revert back to the big battle days when they were really shit. Many, I think, in part because yeah, they only start getting good. Like, like, I, I think we might be seeing sort of 70, 80 points quite frequently. Yeah, so on a bit of a hiding or nothing. But look, anyway, let's see what Matt has to say, our, our resident Japan expert. So here, here's Matt Lehman uh, talking about the Sunhill's chances in a minute and a half. Very official. Yeah, sorry, I just want to send a voice note quickly. Um, so, yeah, um, this is um, what I'm going to have to say about the Sunwolves is that under... Oh, sorry, I am on the side of the road just before the wrestling event, so I'm grinding this out quickly, so there's going to be a shitload of background noise. And, yeah, uh, fuck, sorry, guys. Uh, losses are significant. It's essentially everyone except Jabba. And new faces, well, fuck, um, they're new ones constantly. I can't tell the difference between training squad and actual squad. It keeps shifting. Guys get announced they're going to training squad. Guys get announced they're getting into the squad. So, fuck it, who knows, really? And, yeah, best 15, fucked if I could tell you right now. My advice right now would be... B, don't draft the Sunwolves player unless you're entirely sure what you're getting. So, essentially, Jabba, if you really need that third hooker and he's still available, but otherwise, fuck it. See what you can get pick up in week two or three once we sort of get a better idea of who's on the field and what's actually happening. I would say steer fucking clear for it on draft day. Okay, I am, but surprisingly enough, and we all know that I am a dyed-in-the-wool Fire Puppy fan. So, yeah. Cheers, guys. I uh, hope that helps. And thank you, Matt. Um, and as I've said, I haven't... I, I, li- I, liked the, I liked the bit at the start when he just told his mate he was quickly recording a voice note. That's super professional. Yeah, so that, that's literally how highly Matt rates the Sunwolves' chances. He kind of like... Yeah, well, it, well if, if Matt's saying he's not going to draft any Sunwolves, then I, I think it's a it's a massive massive red light yeah. to anyone who is even thinking about like you know I'm being an eye like oh maybe but you know saying that I would I would say someone like Garth April or JJ Engelbrecht or if you want someone who you know is going to start mm. they're going to start yeah uh, Mitchell Jacobs um, also someone that I, I'm interested to see because he played a bit for the Chiefs and wasn't too bad. Bit of an all-action player, yeah. but uh, yeah, just to emphasize, if uh, ladies and gents, you don't realize how much the Sunwolves is part of uh, Brand Matt. So if he's saying things like that, then you know, which means he'll just draft all the Yagyaris, <laughs> which is pretty, the, the converse yeah, of swinging. Uh, Matt's gonna try to go Yagyaris one to twenty-four. Yeah, first pick draft Peter Monte, because that's the that's the invoke uh, player that's on everybody's lips. So we'll see we'll see who drafts. I mean, I've been I've been I actually messaged him. I said, "Some so Matt, who are you gonna draft first? And he just replies, "Good here." I thought that was a good one. You know, that's a, that, that's a good joke. So uh, it's, it's not a terrible pick. Like in that Sailor's back line, like he's going to pick up more responsibility <laughs> with Brotty no, We not, uh, not a we, <laughs> we will see. But I guess don't worry about Super AB. Ben, you're going to be telling us about the, the Chiefs very briefly. You want the Chiefs or the Tars? Uh, let's, yeah. do, let's do the Chiefs first. 
So yeah, the Chiefs. Yeah, so um, the Chiefs, um, not their most successful season last year. I would say uh, DMAC getting injured obviously, obviously dinged their chances, but also obviously playing in the New Zealand Conference is is far from ideal. Like you don't want to be walking wounded in the in the New Zealand Conference. Uh, but a lot of quite a bit of experience leaving, but at the same time, their squad was deep enough and they have successfully blooded players that is not going to be a, a major rehaul. Um, just noticeable people leaving. Um, Liam Polwart, the, the hooker, has retired. Uh, Brody Retallick, massive loss, in my opinion, the yeah. best rugby player in the world. Um, He's um, he's going to Japan to apparently go prolong his career. Then there is um, a Talani Thu, who I know he was featured in quite a few of our draft teams last year. He's he's left. Jesse Peresi, who I saw was actually playing lock now for the Highlanders, so I was a little bit confused about I was a little bit confused about that, but mm. yeah. Um, then. I'm trying to think. Uh, Jack DeBrasidi, he's gone to Japan. Stephen Donald, who, what did he play? About 20 minutes last year. Huh? Yeah, I think he's finally called it a day. He's gone. Uh, Atiati Makeola, he's gone to Japan as well. Mm. It's a pity because I think he, he was actually a bit of a problem. But he is Japanese though. Eh? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Stardy McKenzie has um, gone to not start for Ospreys. And then um, probably most significantly is, well, actually, no, I think Brody is most significantly, uh, Colin Cooper, their coach, is, he's gone. And then um, he's been replaced by Warren Gatland, who, is Warren Gatland starting straight away at the Chiefs? Yeah, he is. It's just next, oh, okay. next year he... Oh, next year he yeah. takes his break. Yeah, no, he, he has that preseason now. and stuff, so you know, he's there now. Then a few um, a few interesting sort of sidings. So Ross Garden Hayes from the from the Hurricanes. It's quite a weird one because I see they saying now he's in the wider training squad. So I don't know why you would go from sort of in the proper squad to the training, but you are anyway. Mm. Um, then really interesting one for for me is Adam Thompson. I don't know. Is this the same Adam Thompson? Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, it is. He's 37 now. Fuck. Yeah, Adam Thompson uh, kind of going for a bit of a, a Brad Thorne-style career revival here. Um, yeah, one to look out for in fantasy. Arguably my favorite fantasy player of all time, along with Jesse Mogg. But yeah, um, cool. So he, he's back. I don't know. I think it's kind of like a, a mentorship sort of role, but, you know, pretty Dude, cool. Thompson. Yeah. yeah, he's kind of there, um, just a bit of injury cover um, for preseason, that sort of thing. So I think they're just keeping him close in case something goes completely wrong as well. But it's highly unlikely that he'll start. There's like thousands yeah. of uh, loose No, forwards. no, they, they, yeah. But then, oh, you never know. Adam, like, oh, he's not a bad guy to have around. Uh, no, 100%. Even at age 37, I'd say. And a fantasy he always played. He always, he always played quite smart. Like, I don't think his... Um, Oh shit! James just slipped on a PlayStation game. Um, oh no. Okay, then um, 
Aaron Aaron Cruden coming back, which is very interesting. He he didn't seem to have the he didn't seem to have the best time at Montpellier, to be honest. Like you you always heard sort of mixed reports about him. So yeah, I don't know. Like obviously a good player, bring you a lot of experience, and he does sort of answer that ten question, which allows very importantly for everyone's fantasy concerns, it allows D Mac yeah. to go back to to go back to um to go back to 15. Mm. Yeah, um, so yeah, so generally it's relatively settled, but not. There's not a lot of new talent coming in from what I've gathered, but you know may, maybe one of these names here is like I haven't gone through all of them. Um, then with regards to starting lineup, they did they did have a preseason game against the Blues, but I don't know if that's to to me, I, they played kind of like a like a a and a half team, sort of like their their reserves. But um, yeah, starting lineup, I would say between Aiden Ross, Toyava, and uh, Nipo Lalala, like that'll that'll make up the sort of the starting starting props. Then with Liam Paulwood gone, it's uh, almost definitely Nathan Harris. Then uh, Samasi Taltai. You know that guy, him. Mm. Yeah, he's he, he'll probably be the reserve hooker. Uh, Locks quite interesting because I reckon Tyler Ardron will now have to go back to lock with Michael Allardyce since mm. Brody has gone. Um, flanks. Oh God, they so spoiled for choice. Probably Kane and Jacobson, but they also have Carpick lurking around. Then they got Peter Gusso Kulo probably play eighth man. Uh, but they also have Boshi as well. Actually. They stacked at, at loose forward, eh? Yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah, uh, then um, at Scrum Half, they have Brad Weber and Triple T, Tai Toroya Tuarangi, which mm. I actually forgot to practice pronouncing, so I apologize, guys. Um, fly Half, I think it's pretty clearly going to be Cruden, hopefully with Falcon as the backup. Kaka! Um, Centers, ALB will definitely be one of them. Yeah. I would, with uh, Nankaval or maybe um, Ledger. I see they have Balen Sullivan listed as a center as well. I thought he was more of a wing. Wait, who? Oh my god, the right card. Balen Sullivan. Uh, no, he, he they played him at wing a little bit last year. He is he was a, preferably a centre, but he could do both duty in yeah. both areas. But highly yeah, unlikely well, just because uh, there's so much depth at centre. I doubt it. So I'm probably yeah, yeah. So ALB with Nankaval. Then uh, wings, I would probably say Alamalo and probably one of the. Oh, but they also got Nana Satoru. The Chiefs are stacked. Yeah, eh? but Nana Satoru, he might be playing a bit of sevens. So he's he's a bit of a question. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I would say Alamalo and probably Stevenson or Wainui. Probably Stevenson if he kind of puts together a bit of. He's a bit unlucky with injuries though. Mm, yeah, yes, unfortunately. Yeah. Um. Then fullback, I think David McKenzie. It's been uh, said quite openly that uh, DMac will be playing fullback, mm. which I think quite happy, uh, quite a good thing for fantasy managers everywhere. Um, yeah, all in all, a pretty, a pretty well-balanced squad, to be honest. Like, there's no real glaring weakness. I wouldn't say there are any sort of 
superstars in the forwards. Well, as yet, you know, obviously a uh, season's a long time and people can put up their hands. Hmm. But that back line is stacked and the forwards will be able to compete with, I would say, any pack in the tournament. So, uh, yeah, I think they're in for a good season. I would say good season in the New Zealand Conference, a third. But, yeah, like I think they'll be around third. I think they'll be competing with the Hurricanes for for second in that New Zealand conference. Oh, really? I think, I, I reckon they're going to win the New Zealand conference, actually. So, yeah. Uh, just, what? I know they're a little bit, but the, I just think they have most of the tools they need. A settled front row. I know they're a little a bit of a soft underbelly, but Sam Kane's there, but they're going to do well. I think that's undeniable. I think that they should have a good yeah, season. Yeah, a few, like, if they say, if they take, like, an injury at lock or, like, two of their props go down... They could. Oh. I don't know. James is not happy about something. I yeah. think he bumped his head. Oh shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's uh, that. That's the Chiefs. Uh, let's hope that yeah, uh, J- James's cries are not a, on a metaphor for how this season turns out. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, no. No. I, I think. I think they're they're gonna have a good season. Cool. Um, all right. Well, look. Let me get, let me do the Reds. Uh, let me shift into that also. So if you need to attend to have have a look at the next generation uh, very quickly as well. I'll, I'll quickly move it move into the Reds. So um, yeah, the Reds. Um, they've had uh, quite a few of their more experienced guys. Probably the biggest loss is Simon Karevi. Naturally, he's gone to Japan, which would be a big one. Uh, then you, then Scott Higginbotham as well, but. I know he's a bit of a cold figure, but I always felt he was a little bit like he was on the downer. Kata Toomey's gone, Aiden Toa, Navadi, so that was the outside back reserves. And then also Duncan um, Payawa, he, he's also gone. As also, it's a very young squad, but this is year three, I do stand to be corrected, of what Brad Thorne's hoping to put together, the squad that he's molding in very much his own image, especially up front. Um, so in terms of, I guess I'll just go through the team. Uh, was like, I think they came... I actually don't remember what their finish was last year. I do suspect that they will have a better season this year. Um, their pack's actually looking relatively settled. Uh, this is their starting pack, because they do have, but they, their reserves are very young. So up front, you'll have like a loose a guy like J.P. Smith, especially with Ryan Smith having gone to the Rebels. He will be competing with Harry Hooper for that number one jersey. And imagine J.P. Smith will start first, because he's just more experienced. And then at hooker, um, Brandon Pango Mosa, he's usually good value in fantasy, but he rotates a lot with Alex Maffey. So, I, I'm yeah, not gonna, yeah, I'm, it, is a, it is a bit irritating fantasy-wise, <laughs> but... Um, I'm not going to cheat. I'll say that BPA will be the starting hooker. Yeah, but, well, I would, I would, but I would say he's going to start 10 out of 15 games. Or yeah, and, games, and will come off at like 55, 50 minutes. With Maffy coming on, there's a lot of slightly different. Yeah. I think I think BPA is a bit better in the tight. Uh, well, Maffy's a little bit more mobile, they're both pretty chunky. Uh, and three naturally tighted. Um, Taniela Tupo, the Tongan Thor, he'll have to start. Then you have uh, for um, Futiaka. I, I totally botched that. I apologise. Um, he's actually uh, he's actually a good. He's good for a few fantasy points. Or the... yeah, he's a good scrummager. As well, so, yeah. Four, uh, Artigrada, uh, he's he's very solid at four. We'll probably we saw um, Luke and Salakalato. He played a little bit in the Lucy's uh, last season. I just don't think he's mobile enough. So I think we'll, we'll likely see him at five. Uh, then you've got Harry Hawkins and Angus Blythe. They're, they're going to be providing backup for that. 
It's actually, Hawkins. Ho- after all the grief I've given, he's actually come. A, he's become a bit of. He's become a relatively solid player. Like he's not. No, he's a squad member. He he's just the sort of oak you'd bring on. Tall, lanky, gives you some lineup options. No, 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 no. But like you, you're not like okay, fucking bomb squad's coming on. But at the same time, you're not like oh fuck, Hawkins coming on. Like fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you must. I'd recommend looking at the. Um, <laughs> looking at their website I don't know some of the photos like uh, we'll get to I guess Tate McDermott will get to him but you look at him his face is almost shaped like a T in a sense he's got a very big forehead Yo, no, no, they, they, have, they have terrible terrible photos on that website like. no, they're not very but I also think yeah I don't know what hockey should do but his his forehead's super pronounced like I don't know maybe he should grow his hair a bit or well the, at least, the, at least they, were, or something, like. they, they were dicked over like uh Kane Hamilton. Uh, if you haven't seen the Highlanders yeah, announcement yeah, for the Waratahs yeah. game, everyone's at the right height except Kane Hamilton, the reserve nine. He, you just see like his head. There's no neck. They make him look really tiny in the photo. It's quite yeah, like I don't know. I don't know if it's a joke or if like I don't like when they're taking the photos. The guy was like, "No, I refuse to adjust the camera, Kane. Be taller." Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it seems, it seems like a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of dick move, but. Uh, Anyway, uh, six, um, yeah, the Lucy's said young, a guy like Fraser, Fraser McGrath, who, who was an Aussie under 19 slash 20 player, he'd be providing bench cover, but Angus Scott Young, who's becoming a, a seasoned veteran at, I think he's younger than 25, he'll be at six. Uh, Captain Liam Wright, he'll be seven. Uh, eight, eight is interesting because Scott Young does, has played a bit of eight, but, uh, Fijian and Portero Uru, I think is very likely to, go at 8 because they are lacking a bit of bulk there so he'll be one to watch um, I think going ahead to the season uh, at 9 Tate McDermott I think he's definitely going to be the starting 9 uh, he had a very good season uh, last year um, something that we chatted about Ben I know it's discussed in the driver rugby group who starts at 10 uh, my bet's Isaac Lucas also, uh, Aussie age group representative he had a good Junior World Cup last year. Yeah, but but this is but but why, why does everyone think Hamish Stewart is just going to play twelve now? Like I don't understand he, this narrative. Yeah, um, Stewart might not play twelve. I think Stewart might become a victim of his own versatility because I have him down here at twelve. So Lucas ten, Stewart twelve. But uh, then you also got uh, Jordan Pataya as well. He, I think, he, is he a thirteen or twelve? Um, I'm trying to remember what he, yeah, if he's a 13, but then if Stuart's a 12, you get James O'Connor, one of their big imports. Sorry, I actually didn't mention that. James O'Connor, Uru was an import too. O'Connor might then shift to 12, even though O'Connor's a 13. He could probably play a 12 at a push. And if he plays, yeah, but 12, I, I think I think you waste you wasting time with O'Connor at 12. Like he needs space. He's like, mm. but he's not as quick like, as he used I, to be. I, I, I don't think. Yeah, but he's still quick. Uh, but he's got good hands, as he showed at the World Cup. And also at uh, yeah, and, and I, I, I guess the logic is with someone like O'Connor, you just want him to have the ball as much as possible. So yo, yeah, twelve makes more sense. Ten yeah. makes more sense. Fuck, maybe you'll play ten. <laughs> Fuck, if he plays ten, that throws everything uh, out the kitchen sink. So uh, a little bit of debilitation. I mean, I have Stewart at twelve, uh, O'Connor thirteen, but we could very much see O'Connor twelve, Pataya at thirteen. But otherwise, Pataya have him at eleven. I'm not quite sure where he'll play. I'm sure the draft rugby, uh, their guys, if you listen to their pod, I might give you a bit more insight uh, in terms of that. Uh, Henry Spath, he's come over from the Brambies in Import. He'll be 14. 
And uh, the thing is, if Bataille ends up shifting to 13, then somebody's had a good preseason, but actually he'll probably miss the start of the season. Felipe Dalgune, who got a red card. That's a bit shit, hey? Getting a red card in a warm-up game still counts, and you won't start at the uh, start of the yeah, season. Yeah, but, but it's, it's a bit... It's weird refing, though, to give a red card in a warm-up game, because yeah. normally you'd just be like, no, just mate, just fuck off, like, don't come back on or whatever. Yeah, like, but, but I guess they want the warm-up game to mirror match conditions. I guess I, I don't know. It's a, I, I hear you. It's a bit of one of the other and the other of the one. But Dalgunu did a he got a red card last season as well for yeah. doing something stupid. Yeah, he, he did. And I know um, Brad Thorne wouldn't dig it. Um, I'm sure he's he's very much big on discipline, so he might be a good bench option. But I'm not sure he'll start uh, behind Henry Spate. Uh, good finisher, but now he's lost a bit of the wheels. Uh, a guy like Jock Campbell. As well, he's been coming off the bench, and then at 15, they suspect... never pass. They never pass Jock Campbell the ball though. Have you, have you watched them play with Jock Campbell? Yeah, I think he's, he's there as a decoy mostly at the moment. No, like, like he'll be there with like no one in front of him, and then uh, the like the lock or whatever will be like, no, I'm taking on these three men instead of passing. Like I don't understand what Jock's done to these people that they never tr- let him try. <laughs> you have to ask Brad Thorne. Maybe he was caught having a beer uh, during the week. Yeah. Was something of that nature. Oh, he, um, he, walked, he, walked, he walked through the liquor aisle at the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then 15, Bryce Higgity at fullback, who, pound for pound, um, I have him down as the key back at the Reds this season. Does that experience head not, from not, what I've... From... Not James O'Connor, 70-odd Aussie caps. No, you know, uh, youngest, youngest ever, youngest ever wannabe. No, no, Bryce I, fucking Higgity. I, I, I know it sounds strange. Bryce Higgity have also been doing a bit no, of research. No, like, like he was, he was argue. I would say Bryce Higgity was the the money ball of last year's fantasy. No, season. he was. I know Andrew's been chatting a lot about, about uh, picking him. Uh, he also might be kicking for goal uh, based on some of the research that I have been doing. And I wonder if, depending on Lucas's defence, if whether we see Higgity defending in the ten channel when they don't have the ball. Um, and then Luke is back at 15. But uh, I you assume Brad Thorne would be like Depending on o- O'Connor's defense. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, a few moving parts. Um, but overall, it's a relatively settled team. I know they've got a few key. O'Connor coming in, but he used to play for the Reds, so he understands the culture environment well, Brisbane anyway. Henry Spade. Well, I think it's a different culture now, huh? Sorry? Hello? What? No, I can hear you. What did, what did you say? Oh, I think it's a different culture to when O'Connor was there. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. But he knows the city. Um, that, that's mainly my thing. Coming home, um, with Eric coming in at eight. My prediction. Oh, key forward by the way, Liam Wright. Uh, he had a solid World Cup and he's been there a while. And I'm always a big fan of having a loose forward uh, as a captain. A lot of hard work. So I uh, reckon he'll just leave. Yeah, front it row. makes sense. They they're pretty involved and they don't normally. Because the problem is with having like a front row as captain is you only ever get sort of 55 minutes of captaincy. Yes. Out of them. Exactly. Um, I think they are going to finish second in the Aussie Conference. Second, yeah. mm. Behind the Brumbies. Uh, uh, I think the Tars... No, no, like, to me, I wouldn't be surprised. The Aussie Conference is quite flat. To me, the Reds, though, they lacked a bit of, like, like killer instinct yeah. last year. No, I think that they're like they lost, cutting edge. They lost, they lost a lot of close games. Yeah, they, I remember that game and against they, the Chiefs. And they didn't seem to really be able to pull the trigger. So, yeah, maybe like on on paper, like they look a they look a good side. But um, 
Yeah, I, I just don't know if the if they're ready to win just yet. Yeah, I think their major hindrance is depth. They've got a lot of young guys. Um, I think you nailed it yeah, on the head. Yeah. I remember their game against the Chiefs. They had something like an absurd amount of phases in one of those close games that they lost, like 20, 30. I can't remember what it was. I think Lachlan Boucher had made 15 tackles in 10 minutes or something like that, and they still lost the game. So a bit more cutting edge. I think James O'Connell will add that. And also, the Pattaya, we cannot state. I know uh, I mentioned Higgity, but him having a good season because he got injured in round one last year, um, crushing Alex's draft hopes at the same time. If he has a good season, I think we'll see see the Reds do something. But they're building something, and I kind of like their forward pack. There's a lot of grunt there. So that, that's going to wrap it up for the Reds. So we now have Alex's... Uh, what was I going to say? Not after Triumph. Uh... Oh, jeez, I've lost the correct word. Magnus Opus, that's the one. When it comes to talking about the Stormers for, for the current season. Um, I know we all reckon the Stormers are going to have a good season. Then Phil just jokes saying, no, don't worry. They'll disappoint us once more. So, which, which will be very interesting to watch. So, uh, here is Alex with his Stormers preview. Hello there, Adam. Hello there, Ben. Sorry I couldn't be with you guys today. As you know, life is catching up with me a little bit, but... Um... I do promise I'll make it up to you guys in the near future. And in the meantime, I wanted to drop in with my little insights on the Stormers. Obviously, Cape Town boys, so try and keep them you know, under a watchful eye as much as I can. But um, what with the back-of-house shenanigans at the club and the financial troubles that have been pretty well documented, it's been a... a a different off-season to what the other clubs have been going through, but not in the way that you'd expect. You would think that the Stormers would have seen the same kind of turnover in players that the Bulls have seen, for example, or the Sharks, losing a lot of guys to sale. Um, but funnily enough, the Stormers have somehow been able to get through the 2019-2020 transfer window, such as it is, um, without really losing too many major players. The two big names that have gone, Evan Etzebeth, obviously, he's left Toulon. Um, not that he was ever really big-time Stormers player. He was more of a Springbok player. That just happened to be under Western Province Rugby Union. Uh, but anyway, he's he's gone now. And Joshua Stunder, uh, he's gone, obviously not a huge name, but he, he filled in a little bit last year at 10 while Damien Vlims was injured. And then the other big name, uh, Damon Allender, gone off to Panasonic Wild Knights. Reported to be back next year sometime, um, but obviously won't be here for this season. That's obviously a huge loss because he was the main backline player for the Stormers in 2019. Um, a couple of other names that people will, will can expect not to see this year include um, Sikumbuza Noche, who's signed with the Sharks, so he'll be playing his rugby in KwaZulu-Natal. Kroos van Dijk, he was more sort of fringe member of the loose forwards, um, but he's off to Japan. Uh, JJ Engelbrecht, he's still in Super Rugby, um, somewhat unbelievably, but playing for the Sunwolves, which makes more sense. Dan Creel, also still in Super Rugby. He's gone to the Lions, where he's got a better chance of starting, I think, so I'm, I'm quite happy for him. And then in the back line, in the back three, rather, SP Marais, hallelujah, hallelujah, has finally left Cape Town. Evie Affilion, uh, Craig Barry, and then, of, of course, Robbie Fleck. Um, we spoke about this quite a bit on the pod, but he's left for good. Um, John Dobson's come in from Western Province, the, the club structures, used to coach UCT. He wasn't the coach at UCT when they had that famous victory of the Varsity Cup, but he was there up until that year. So you know, he kind of laid the foundation for that. And he's got a lot of respect from local rugby supporters, uh, Dobson does. Um, he likes to promote from within. He's got a good feeling for the young guys that are coming through the ranks. So I'm hoping that we're really going to see 
um, a bit more of a sort of franchise approach from him and building a bit of a legacy for the club. That said, he has pointed out that um, the Stormers' greatest strength lies in their forward pack, as it always has, and they're not going to change their systems just because of a new coach or anything like, like that. So we can expect to still see pretty forward-dominated rugby. Um, but with that said, um, there has been one major signing for the club, and that's in the form of Jamie Roberts. So a bit of a surprise, I think. I mean, it was, it was teased about a week ago, but it was confirmed a couple of days ago. Jamie Roberts, Welsh, British and Irish Lions legend. Um, I'm sure the commentators will make sure we remember that part. He signed for the Stormers. Um, probably going to be replacing Damien Allender, but I'll go through the starting lineup in a second. Um, my thoughts on it, I kind of like it. I kind of don't. I'm not a big fan of getting in foreign-based players. I prefer it when it's like a Jamie Roberts or a like Tony Brown for the Sharks, Carla Spencer for the Lions, um, like someone who's a mentor. He's like a player coach kind of role. I don't like it when it's like Matt Tamura played a, a few games one season for Stormers. That was really stupid. Um, yeah, like even Cyril Naklavuki. Um, God, was that his name, Cyril? I feel like I feel like I got his first name wrong. Anyway, Naklavuki, who had quite a long stint for the Stormers, and he was a good player. Like he was, he was pretty good for us. But you just have to wonder, like, how many young wings were coming through the universities and the schools at that time that just didn't get an opportunity. Uh, but anyway, enough of that. The starting 15 that I'd expect to see for Stormers this year would be not too dissimilar from last year because, like I said, not too many changes. Uh, front row, obviously, the all-buck front row of Kitsov, Mpunambi, France Malherbe. Second row, I think J.D. Schickling's probably going to be starting. He's currently carrying a bit of a niggle, but I think he'll be back after a couple of weeks and then should be locking down the number four jersey. Oh, sorry, the number five jersey. Number four jersey could be taken by uh, by Murat or it could be given to Krumbus Visa. He's also apparently got a niggle. And Chris Van Zale, who's uh, like an old kind of favorite of John Dobson's because he captained the West Province side for a long time, he's apparently currently injured. So I don't know. It's it's a bit of a toss-up. Um, if it was me, I'd pick Visa and Schickling uh, with Murat and Van Zale to, to back up. Lustrio is actually going to be quite interesting. So if, if you guys have been following the Super Rugby uh, – sorry, the, the Super Sunday teams for this last weekend um, – Jakob Kutsia didn't go to Super Sunday. He played on Friday against the Kings and got trashed. But Sia Kulisi's been named at eighth man, which is really interesting because it's where he made his original sort of name for himself at SA Schools when he was still at Grey PE. He played two consecutive years of SA Schools at eighth man. Um, and a lot of people, including me, think it's where his skill set is best suited. Now that Dwayne Vermeulen's left South Africa, maybe there's a gap. Maybe a lot of people have been talking about who the next big number eight candidate is for South Africa, maybe Khaleesi's making a shift, which would leave room on, on the open side for Yaka Kutsia. Um, obviously, blind side, Peter Steph Tutoy. Um, the other big name there, Juan Augustus uh, Trocchi, he kind of hasn't made the impact that people thought he would after junior World Cup fame. Um, and he's also pretty much an out-and-out eight, sometimes a blind side. So if Khaleesi is moving to eight, that, that strongly indicates that we're going to see Yaka Kutsia starting at six. Okay, uh, backline, Herschel Yanchis, Damien Willems, obviously, both young up-and-coming Springbok halfbacks, so that's fantastic. Centers, I would have said Rickus Pretorius. He was very good for the junior box last year. Probably partnered, in my opinion, with Dan Duplessis. 
But based on the Super uh, Super Sunday lineups and the Jamie Roberts signing, I think we'll probably see Jamie Roberts at 12 and Ruan Null at 13. I'm not a huge fan. I prefer Ruan Null to stick to sevens. I wasn't really impressed with him last year, but he is very talented. So if if Dobson can unlock his best, and if he's got someone like Jamie Roberts who's giving him a lot of good opportunities on his inside, maybe maybe he'll have a good year. Who knows? Uh, the back three, I think Dylan Lades has to play fullback. Now that SB Murray is gone, there's no real doubt over that. I think I think it's his best position. I really like Sergio Peterson at right wing. Um, he's a little on the, on the small side, but he's got a bit of a Roscoe Speckman, Cheslin Colby kind of vibe. Very, very quick. He used to be a sprinter when he was still at school for South Africa. Um, and he's got great ball sense. And then on the left wing, I don't know. It sounds like we're going to see Sia Bellasonatla, um, who's kind of half, half sevens, 15s. I'm not a huge fan of that. I'd rather see Edward van der Merwe. He's 23-year-old, I think, out of out of uh, Stellenbosch, if I'm not mistaken. And he's showed a lot of promise so far. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. The only real big name that's on the bench for the Storm is probably is going to be uh, Wilco Lowe, who has played for the Springboks in the past. Other than that, I think we're going to see like a, a few kind of fringe guys that we saw last year, like Johnny Duplessis, Daniel Duplessis, um, Juano Augustus and Corbus Visa, guys like that. I'm interested to see if uh, Johan Dutoy, Peter Steff's younger brother, sticks at number eight. That's where he's playing, where he played against the Kings. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens with him. Okay, um, that's taken up enough of your guys' time. I think, uh, quick prediction, I'm going to put my head on the chopping block. I think the Stormers are going to top the conference this year. Um, I've never really said that before, so I don't think I can be accused of being one of those Stormers fans who constantly thinks, you know, this is our year, this is our year. Maybe in my younger days, but I've become pretty cynical since then. But I'm feeling pretty good about Dobson and the the heavily Springbok-loaded front, uh, not just front row, but the whole pack. And I like our halfbacks, and I think the Jamie Roberts signing has the potential to be quite cool for one season. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say Storm is, Storm is to top the conference. Cool, guys. Thanks very much. And... Uh... Yeah, thanks, Alex, for, for putting that together. I, I know you are super busy at home at the moment. And I love, I love how you're still punching out these long soliloquies on the group, you know. I think Yo, he... I, I don't think Alex is super busy. Like, he's so bloody... All he's doing is, like, talking rugby now. Like, he's really utilizing his paternity leave while to prepare for draft. No, he's not even on paternity leave anymore. I, I spoke to him. He's uh, back at work. I'd, even on the day his child was born. Phil and I were joking, okay, we're trying to tweet Squidge, who, uh, thanks by the way, Squidge, for helping us decide the draft order, uh, I mean, the Andrew Actually, group. no, no, not, not, do not Squidge, I, I love your videos, and like, I think you're an asset to the game, but don't, don't appreciate your, uh, your ability to choose draft names. Like, I think Alex's draft name was a load of shit, and you said it was the best. <laughs> well, I, well, Andrew, Andrew had lock, uh, what was it? Lock, locks, procs, and three and two smoking barrets. Yeah, and he got he was made last because Squidge said he used that in a video. So now Andrew's for me about. That. I came sixth, so I'll take it. I don't know how Phil got second, the last Mitch Hunter. I was like, really? Yeah, maybe maybe it's just maybe Phil just knows Squidge. Yeah, like to me, he played the man. That the was game. really. <laughs> Yeah, but but this year I don't think our draft names were particularly strong. No, I, I look at mine now. Even when I put it on the RB group, our, our draft names about who actually put them. I haven't gotten a single vote. That's how shit mine was. Again, I just can't. I thought yours was quite good. I liked it. But, yeah, yeah, well, I liked I Petty the Fool. 
It's very Ben. Very yeah, ben. but I, I'm wondering. I wonder if I should have said I petted the fulao, the fulao. Oh, that would have been good. But, yeah, no, like I'm an odd, and I, I spoke to my brother about it, and um, and he said no, keep it, keep it simple. Um, no, but, I don't know. Yeah, but no. see, we thought I was joking. That, oh, don't worry. This is this is the day to tweet Squidge because Alex won't be paying attention on Twitter. Nope, Alex. Alex is happy tweeting away. Definitely, you know, he's, no. he's out there. That, that's no, 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 but, but it is, it is, uh, it is weird. Um, the baby comes, you're like, oh, I'm so ready to do stuff, and all the baby does is just like chill out and sleep. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta be there, just to, just, just to make sure. Yeah, no, no, you, you have to, you have to like be present or whatever. But like, it's pretty parenting when they're little is pretty, like nothing really happens. <laughs> Waiting for God out. Uh, so yeah, no, like you just sort of change their nappy and stuff. So, yeah. As uh, I so said, elite rugby dad banter. It, it's coming soon. Uh, right. Well, the, the, danta. 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 Yeah, elite danta. rugby danta. Yeah, we we can do that. Yeah. All right, we got one more preview to go, and then we'll wrap up this episode. And Ben, it's the Waratahs. Um, if, please, please go ahead and tell us about the Waratahs. Yeah. Um, as you know, I'm not the biggest fan of the Waratahs, but since they've got Jack Maddox, arguably my favourite Australian player, like I think I'm gonna um, hopefully warm to them a bit. So, uh, yeah, Waratahs, they they weren't great last season. Let's be honest, no. considering they actually they had arguably the strongest team, but they just the strongest team in Australia. But they just weren't really putting up the results. I don't know, Alex. Um, the Alex's theory, basically, since the Waratahs lost Wycliffe Palu, they've just kind of um, they sort of lost their soul a bit. But yeah, um, I don't know exactly. So anyway, um, notable outs. Uh, Kepu's going. Um, yeah, um, I think Kepu has been a stalwart at the Waratahs. Uh, a nice little turn of pace as well. He was a bit like Beast. Um, Tolu Latu and Tutafa Pelota now have gone. So that opens up an opportunity for someone who we'll reveal later. Uh, I wouldn't really mention this, but for the cheap joke, uh, LaRue Roots has finished his um, year-long Bible studies and yes. has returned to the Sharks. Yes. After Basically, the Waratahs flew LaRue Roots to Australia to join a cult and get baptized in Palau Swimming Pool. And then flew him back. Because, yeah, he did nothing. Uh, Will Miller and Michael Wells have both gone to the Brumbies and the Rebels, respectively, which is kind of weakens them a bit at uh, at loose forward. And mm. uh, Nick Phipps, he of the cow suit, has gone to London Irish, where there are probably more bars, so that will be nice for him. Uh, significantly, especially considering... The replacements, Bernard Foley has gone to Japan. Um, to me, he probably went a year too late mm. for his own sake, but yeah. Um, then Adam Ashley Cooper has finished his little stint. Not sure where he's gone, it just says released, actually. Um, yeah, uh, John Falau, John the Baptist Falau went with his brother. Curtis Rona has gone to London Irish. Izzy Falau's obviously gone. Um, Daryl Gibson after his yeah he was sort of pushed and then yeah so and he's gone so uh, new new thing uh, I've looked at uh, watched a few interviews with their new coach Rob Penny and he seems a pretty switched on guy he seems to have quite an open mind saying like listen yo like 
kind of if 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 you're performing, you'll play sort of thing, which I think is uh, the right attitude for a coach. Um, yeah, so uh, props-wise, it's probably going to be uh, Tom Robinson and Harry Johnson Holmes. The cla- do you know anything about that prop combination, Adam? Yeah, I do actually. Um, Johnson <laughs> Johnson Holmes, he he started a tight head against the Highlanders, so I, I really I specialize in tight props. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, Adam Adam is the the tight prop specialist. The, but... the whisperer. Yeah, uh, so Robertson's loose head, and then Harry Johnson Holmes started at three. Yeah, um, then uh, there is a from the Australian under twenty. There's there's a guy called Angus Bell, yeah. who apparently is a who's apparently a real prospect. And in their warm up match, he had a, a great run through midfield. It was kind of a Tupo esque. So yeah, uh, if anyone's paying attention and he's starting, I would I would chuck him in there because he seems a good he seems a high value prop. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing. They're starting they're starting front rows solos. It's just yeah, like as it was revealed last year, um, particularly when Kepu got injured a tight head, they they very got very raw stuff on the bench. So I think that's yeah. a sort of one to watch. Well, uh, well they they have sort of tightened their bench a bit. They've got Tatera Falconer who. He was what well, he was forced. Then he was rebels. Yeah. Now he's Tars. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm not as he's a very he's a very honest player. Like you kind of get what you're given. Like, you know, he he kind of he does the basics well, but he's not gonna set the world alight. But maybe he is the kind of player they needed just to kind of kind of have on the bench, kind of settling things a bit. Huh? Mm. Yeah. Um. Then hooker wise. Yeah, it's a bit of a... So they, they've brought in Robbie Abel from the Rebels, who's kind of the third choice hooker, who was the third choice hooker behind Raggy and Moneyball. Mm. Uh, and he, he was a decent-ish player. The Rebels were sort of hoarding hookers a bit. So I think that's a good buy. And I wouldn't be surprised if he goes straight starting. <laughs> then they still have old uh, Damien Fitzpatrick. But, yeah, I know. To me, I would rather I'd rather see Robbie Abel there. But, yeah, mm. that's their sort of choice. Then uh, locks they have uh, they have Rob Simmons and then uh, who actually played in the trial game for them? Uh, I, I I don't know, but um, shit, who's gonna have the five? Oh, um, I was thinking, I thought they signed not Tom Staniforth, bro. That's not right. So um, no, was it Steady? Uh, I think it, I think it might have been uh, Hannigan actually. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think Hannigan actually started. He was on the bench. But Hannigan would be there, thereabouts. Um, Alex yeah, Hannigan Hannigan's sort of there, player. sort of, uh, yeah, like he is kind of, uh, I guess he does sort of a job for them, but he's never, to me, Hannigan just isn't a very defined player. Like he's kind of a bit kind of lumbering to play, to play Lucy, but he's just a bit small to play Locke. So, yeah, I don't really know what their plan is with him. Yeah, then um, Michael Hooper will uh, be one of the Lucys since he mm. does have that magic Australian contract where apparently all of Australian rugby's money is going to pay Michael Hooper. Yeah. yeah. Then uh, maybe Lachlan Swin- Swinton or um, I saw Charlie Gamble on a team sheet actually. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, and and the other lock, really, other really lock by the way, other lock is, I, I was right, it is Tom Staniforth. He's, uh, oh, he's, he's 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 in the squad as well. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah. There you go. And then um, Jack Dempsey might also be involved in the Lucy's. 
Holloway is listed as a lock on their thing, but I saw he was playing eighth man yeah, in the trial game. Yeah, so. apparently he's lost a bit of weight and he spent a few months in the UK on loan, so uh, he'll be one to watch. Yeah, like Holloway was a decent fantasy prospect when he was when he was a lock, but as a Lucy, he's probably a bit less desirable. So yeah, yeah. watch your watch your respective leagues and see if he's a lock, he might be worth picking up. Mm. Um, scrum off, it'll be Jake Gordon will start. Mm. I really don't know who the who the who the second will be. Maybe Mitch Short. Yeah, it's it's Mitch Short. It's, um, yeah, but by the way, that's Japan. a that's a that's a great name for a scrum half. <laughs> yeah, um, fly half is quite an interesting one. Mac Mason started in the trial game, and but there was also talk of this Will Harrison guy. Yeah. He's, so he's, he's also Mac, up and coming. Yeah. Mac, Mac Mason was... Um, sorry, James is just climbing on me. No worries. Um, <laughs> Mac Mason obviously did have that disastrous game against the Sunwolves last year. Yeah. But um, I read an article kind of saying how he's sort of learning from the experience and he wants to push on, blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, I think maybe let's, um, let's sort of wait to wait before we judge him. I do think he is currently in the plans to start at 10. Mm. But yeah, let's see if they um, buy into my new Waratahs hashtag, hashtag back Mac. (laughs) (laughs) Back Mac. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know if they will back Mac, but I think think they they can back Mac. Um, Yeah, the centers is quite interesting. So, uh, Beal's there, and then probably Fuketi will play with him. Mm. But as I said, if it all goes to shit, there is potential for Beal to play ten. Yes, yeah. But then they then they don't they aren't exactly stacked at center. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. Oh, you forgot about also Carmichael Hunt. He'll probably be at thirteen, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, Carmichael Hunt. They have him listed as a fullback. Yeah, yeah. But he'll probably play twelve or thirteen. I think maybe Hunt to twelve, Beal at thirteen. But then Fuketi's also a thir- They kind of have three 13s in a way. Yeah, I had to probably be more of a 13, build 12. At worst, you'll see Fuketi pop in and build shift at 10, as you said. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, and then um, why I've been so tolerant of the Waratahs, um, Jack Maddox. Yes, your boy. He, he, yeah, so he's he could potentially play 14, but there, there was a lot of talk about him playing 10. What? So really? if... the no, no, just generally, not not now oh. for the Tars, but just generally, there's been a lot of talk about how Maddox was a. I've heard potential Wallaby Ten used uh, next to his name, so um, this would be quite a good opportunity if they wanted to give um, give someone a shot at, you know, kind of a bit of a blank canvas. Like maybe this is the time. Like brought in. Like I do think he has the skills. He's got very soft hands. Maybe I, I I really think Maddox and Beal are going to work very well together. Because mm. because so. Mad because creates a lot of space and Maddox has a has a tendency to just be in the right place if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's true. He's uh, he, I think he's he's quite a got quite a good rugby brain on him to use the off yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Beal also has quite a good rugby brain his rugby instincts are very good as well so I do think if, if they can click they'll be a very dangerous combination 
but it would probably make the most sense for that combination as a 13 with Maddox playing 15, I would say. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the one guy who might be, I think, one to watch out for, he had a very good trial game. A lot of talk about him now. Mark, Nawangani Tawazi. Apparently, uh, he's just known as Marky Mark in the squad. Yeah, because it's, they even did a video online uh, talking about his surname. The only reason I can even say his surname is because I'm looking at a tweet where they break down, <laughs> where it's on draft maybe they break down his surname. Nawangana Tiwaze. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's quite a, he's quite an interesting, sorry, I actually skipped the wings, but he's quite an interesting wing in that he's, he's like six foot, like four almost. He's mm. very tall, but he's actually not particularly heavy. He's like, um, kind of 95 kgs or something, which yeah. in modern day rugby is tiny. Yeah, and he could even play 15. So, so this whole Maddox yeah, thing is so, very interesting. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, so he seems he seems to have a bit of gear, and he seems to be more of an out-and-out finisher because hmm. I felt last year the Waratahs were missing old Nyavura. Big time. Bull, go bulldozer himself. Because, could, <laughs> yeah, because they didn't just have someone who could, you know, who scores tries. Kind of like your, your Ben Lamb or your... Um, your kind of old Julian Sevilla, someone like that, who you know, you knew they could, or Sevi Reese, you know, someone who you throw it to them and they're gonna, they're gonna create something, they're gonna score a try out of nothing sometimes, and also if they they finish properly, so maybe he is he is the answer, uh, old Marky Marker. Maybe it'll be also interesting to like, see like, where he goes like, and draft. He does seem in a slightly different mold to Naivura, but you can play him in a similar way, sort of, if you know what I mean. Well, I got I got my eye on him. Between you and me and draft, so uh, so I've just, it's just uh, and I'm always interested in new players. That's the one exciting thing about World Cup year. It's like yo, yo. on the top tier, it's going to be all hell's bells to see what happens under it. So yeah, yeah. Um, so generally the tours, there's a lot of a lot of new kind of faces, and they haven't really won. Uh, there's been a bit of a, oh something I saw an article. They reckon Will Skelton might come back. No, bro. Really? Uh, no, I'm going to Google what? that right now. No, because they said he's, he's, with, he's with Saracens now. Okay? Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. Oh, you're right. And then they were saying if, if Saracens had a max, a max exodus, um, yeah, Skelton, Skelton, could actually, Skelton could actually come back. Which will actually, it is kind of a position they aren't great in. So... I do think they would kind of welcome Skelton back with open arms. Obviously, this is kind of all sort of speculation at this point. Yeah, could, um... I think I found that article on rugby.com.au. The earliest will probably be back available is July, maybe. So, uh, but, oh, it's, yeah, yeah. but just imagine if he was around. That's interesting, though. He's like mature well, as a yeah, player. And, uh... Yeah, like I've heard he is playing, he is being a bit more, um, he is actually playing a sort of a, what would the what would the word be a, a more complete game at yes. the moment? Yes, an Australian yeah. forward. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, that's another that's something else to consider. Yeah, they say July, but you never know. Mm. The Saracen thing could blow up completely, and then it could be like an early sort of early termination kind of thing in this contract. Mm. That's true. You, you never know how these things uh, plan out. Yeah. So basically, uh, what I'm saying is if you're listening, you should probably draft Will Skelton. Yeah. Um, 
He's the key to your whole fantasy season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you if you if you want some late season grunt, put draft Will Skelton now and just keep him in reserve. All right. Uh, the key key back and forward and finish. Is it wrap up? Uh, key key back. It's a bit of a weird, but I'm going to say whoever plays fly half because it's such a it's such a critical position for them. With Foley gone as well, like I don't think they really manage kind of fo- the legacy very well with Foley. Like I think they just started him too much when they probably should have um, kind of you know taken the opportunity to blood players like Mason a bit more because as we said now Mason is he's not young, but he. You know, he lacks experience. So, yeah, it'll either... I think if they find someone to settle a fly-off, I think that's sort of the key to their season, mm. from from my side at least. Um, then key forward... Will Skelton. Oh, yeah, Will Skelton <laughs> upon his return. Will Skelton, yeah. And... Uh, um, Cop out saying Hooper, so I won't. Maybe Holloway at eight. Because yeah. if you say he's kind of refined his game a bit, and um, like you, you sort of, you know, kind of what someone like Hooper's good. And Hooper played, I thought he had a good season last season, and it didn't seem to really help them. So I feel like also far as, as we wrap up, Aussie teams generally are able to play a lot better when they have a big eight. I know, I know it's, that states in the obvious. Just given the house, yeah, like, 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 think how much nicer Arnie helped the Rebels, yeah, and, and then previously when he was at the Wales here before the Reds, so. uh, hmm? no, uh, Brumbies, no, the, the Brumbies, yeah, only... like how much it helped, yeah, basically, it's... all the all the teams deserve a, a shot with nicer Arnie for a while. That even Alex, you know, he's like, yeah, that's like when Wycliffe Palu was in his pump, uh. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a good example. Yeah. The teams always be able to build around it, same as uh. Um, Vinapula at in in, in the UK. Vin, Vin, Vinapula, the Zimbabwean currency. Yeah, so Vinapula. The Zimbabwean, sorry, uh, the Botswana currency. Uh, my God. And, and where are they going to finish? In in the. They, uh, uh, I think third or fourth. Okay. I think the the, the Sunwolves have locked down fifth in that conference already. Hmm. So um, yeah, I, I would I would say that the Reds have a bit more continuity in their squad, but the Waratahs probably have a bit more. Actually, no, fuck the Reds. Are, yeah, I, I'll I'd say they're at a similar level to the Reds right now, and I would say the Rebels and the Brumbies are slightly up on them. So yeah, third or fourth. Okay. Cool. Well, thanks, Ben, uh, for that. Much appreciated. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Elite Rugby Band. So next week, um, we'll probably talk a little bit about Superhero Sunday. Uh, but yeah, there won't be much rugby. We'll maybe just be previewing. Wait, I actually had the. I actually had the. We actually have our draft on Saturday. Saturday. So yeah. we'll probably chat a bit about that. And just building up to the start of Super Rugby, um, I guess. So Ben, thank thank you very much for joining us. I hope James is okay. Slipping on your DVD. No, no, he's, he's fine. He, he's, he's got a... I don't have a DVD, Adam. What's this? <laughs> fucking 2005. <laughs> um, uh, no, uh, he slept on a PlayStation game. Oh, no. My but, bad. Sorry. 
Yeah, that's why I advise everyone to just uh, download their PlayStation games. But in Mauritius, you can't do it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, for well, me, you can, but you need like a South African credit card. It just becomes nah, a Mauritius. Nah, sounds like a sounds like a hack. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, that's that's gonna take a wrap. Alex and Matt might be back next week. We'll try. And also, when things do change, we'll probably make an announcement on Twitter and also on the pod in terms of what our future format. Uh, will be, uh, but we will keep you abreast of that. So, until then, please have a good Sunday, and we will see you next week.